In terms of uh, being a successful entrepreneur, raising money with early stage investors, you know, what are some of the things to think about? Um, I think the biggest challenge is that you you don't know what you don't know, and you're really close to your plan, and you're excited about your market and your opportunity. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that can be really really helpful is to get lots of advice early on in the process. And a lot of entrepreneurs are nervous about doing that because they have this notion that if they tell anybody their secret sauce, that someone's going to steal their idea. And the newbie one of mistake. the things we explain to them is that you know. Um, it's really the execution, not the idea. Ideas are cheap. And um, if, if your business can be stolen and someone can out-execute you, you know, it's not much of a business idea with defensibility and, you know, you're not much of an entrepreneur. So generally, we sort of say you got to give to get and, you know, ask people for help. And there's a couple reasons that it's valuable to ask people for help. One is they help you understand what you didn't realize you didn't know. Um, and the second is that they really kind of help you get calibrated um, and give you a sense of what's on market and off market. Um, and they point out kind of flaws in your plan and broaden your perspective because you're so close to it. Yeah. Um, and you think you're explaining it really well. And they sit there going, I have no idea what you just said. Um, but there's a so you know, and that and that can really that can really help calibrate an entrepreneur and get them honed in terms of their effectiveness in delivering their message. Um, uh, so those kind of question and answers is a real crucible for kind of um, strengthening the, the communication on the company. But there's another reason, and that is that it's basic networking. And as a general matter, um, investors who are, uh, have, are associated with good brands like Launchpad mm -hmm. see a tremendous amount of deal flow. Uh, so much that uh, the challenge becomes trying to figure out what to pay attention to. And, and signals become very important. And you tend to try to tune in the signals that have a good signal-to-noise ratio. So you tend to uh, pay attention to a, you know, a situation where someone is expending social capital and risking their credibility saying, hey, you know, this is something I think you should look at especially if they've got a good track record of doing that in the past. Hmm. So, for example, um, you know, someone in your community, whether they're an investor or a lawyer or an accountant or something, says, hey, you know, I see a lot of young entrepreneurs. This one's got game. I really think you should look at it. You know, that, um, that says, hey, this person doesn't want to be made to look like a fool. You know, this yep. is something I should look at. Yep. And, and as a general matter, when you – you look at a group like Launchpad, you know, we, we have uh, our members are out in the community active in every sort of corner of the e innovation ecosystem. Um, and, and, and we literally, I think, would, would, you know, interact with hundreds of companies in a month. About 50 to 75 end up formally applying for funding. And the interesting thing is, you know, when we look at any given month, um, Probably you know more than half, or even you know a, a majority uh, uh, of them uh, are kind of just sort of relatively cold submissions. Uh, and yet, the the ones that we spend ninety percent of our time on are invariably sort of hand carried to us with by someone with a with a kind of a, a 
recommendations. So yep. getting out there and asking for advice uh, is a way to kind of get champions and mentors and people who will help make the introductions. Um, and it's not that it's a, it's a closed elite club at all. It's much more that we have a ton of people competing for our attention and we're trying to figure out uh, where to spend our time. Yes, certainly. So having other people act as the screens, the filters, vetting out these opportunities, obviously, as you had said, I think it's a, I've never, you know, I've probably heard it articulated this way once or twice, but, you know, this person doesn't want to look like a fool, you had said. Yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, that, that is, um, you know, someone who you know well, who has a reputational stake in your community, tells you, I see a lot of stuff and this kid's hot. You know, that's something you're going to pay attention to. Yeah, worthwhile, worthwhile. You're really going to pay attention to that, you know. Uh, and, and there are a million variations on that. But, you know, basically, if a, if a person comes to you and they're a total stranger and nobody, there's nobody vouching for them, you know, that's going to rank lower than, than someone who, you know, is vouching for them who you really know. And there might be a million intermediate, you know, gradations between those extremes. Certainly. So, so the, uh, the advice there obviously being, again, get all that feedback, not only so that you can understand your own idea from different angles and sides and not necessarily just sitting in front of the business plan and sitting behind the website all day long, but also so that you can find people who can resonate with you, help guide you along, and then, as you had said, potentially become champions to groups like Launchpad, to, to other groups like that, where, where then you can get traction. So it's not, it's not so much hang out in your basement until you get it and then come out of the dark uh, and, uh, and, and go over to Launchpad. It's really get out there as soon as possible. So, yeah. um, and there's another, there's another reason for it. Um, I teach in the MBA program at uh, Babson, which is a, uh, a university that's got a real expertise in entrepreneurship. Yep. And one of the things I say, I have a couple of um, a, you know, corny, corny points I make <laughs> with my students. And you know, one is, um, you know, one is what, what does the acronym uh, CEO really stand for? And, and and uh, one of my colleagues coined this uh, expression, and you know, it stands for Chief Extraction Officer, right? The CEO is the one who has to go find and extract the resources that the company is going to need, whether it's sales or uh, you know, money or you know, hires or whatever. And and so, a CEO, an entrepreneur who wants to be a CEO, who doesn't seem to have those people and networking skills and doesn't seem to know how to go get help for himself. Yeah. It's a little bit of a yellow flag. There, yeah. Right? Because are they going to be an effective salesperson? And, you know, one of the things I also say to my students is what's the first real market test of uh, a startup? Hmm. The answer is it's, you know, can they find a co-founder? Huh. And, and and what are the percentage of, uh, of startups that you, you see there at Launchpad that are uh, co-founderships as opposed to a solo fella and X number of people that he's brought on board? Is it, is it 90-10 or? Oh, man. I mean, if, yeah, you're, you're if, you know, uh, put it this way. We very occasionally see a single entrepreneur, a single person startup, and we almost never spend any time with them, let alone invest. It's just too hard of a job and it's just too important to have, um, to have, uh, help 
and and additional perspectives and um, and uh, you, you just can't you just can't do the job. You just get you get um, you get too close to it, and you know uh, you get too in love with your bad ideas. And so, to, to us, you know, when you think about a startup, right? There's a sort of three or four absolutely core skills, right? I mean, there sort of really needs to be um, uh, technical product mastery, you know, that 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 kind of piece, especially if it's a technology company. Um, you know, there really needs to be sales skills, uh, and there really needs to be sort of leadership, voice, communication, vision, you know, kind of CEO-type skills. And then, yep. you know, in many cases, as the company scales, they quickly need uh, operational yep. and financial controls and those kinds of things. And so, you know, uh, just like when you're going and buying a car, you know, you want one that has a steering wheel and four wheels and a sunroof, you know, you know and, and you're not going to buy a car that doesn't have kind of the basics, you know, and, and a startup with one founder is just so much less likely to succeed than one that has a, a fuller complement of skills on the team. Got it. So you want to see that full kind of palette there. And I think that that's, uh, it's interesting to frame that as sort of the first sale, apparently, of, uh, or, the, or the first, uh, I forget how you, would, how you would put it there. Market test. I mean, you know, you gotta, can you get somebody to quit their job and believe in this idea? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a pretty solid market test, and if they're if they're uh, halfway intelligent, of course, you got to have a halfway reasonable proposition. I know I don't want to drag you any farther uh, over time here, Chris, and I, I think that's solid stuff not only for me to get an article together, but I mean that's that's you know really pounding the the, the nail home in terms of um, you know getting getting outside of the basement and doing some of that that extracting, as you had put it, extracting. You know, uh, people, potential mentors, getting out there. Um, on the on the side of simple, because I know I'm going to put together another little something like this, and you're you're sort of the guy or one of the guys up in Boston here. Um, a, a little bit of an article with regards to newer investors. We'd interviewed uh, Dan, who I know is a member over there at Launchpad, yeah. as an MIT guy. Um, when 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 folks step to the plate as as newer investors, you know, they want to maybe add this to their portfolio and, and ultimately make it a profitable expenditure of their time. Obviously, in addition to having a great fun group of folks around them. What, what sort of advice do you give for those people? And I imagine there are similar, although not the same, mistakes that people come to the table with or assumptions that people come to the table with when they begin their investing careers. It's exactly like going to Wall Street and thinking you could be a market, you know, a stock picker or a market timer. Um, <laughs> you know, success in angel investing uh, requires having a, a putting in work and having a diversified portfolio. And I think that there is a very dangerous um, uh, consensus emerging that this is something that can be done with a few mouse clicks in your, in your, when you're wearing your bunny slippers. You know, you get on some, crowd, <laughs> some crowdfunding platform and you, and you click a few times and write a couple of checks and next thing you know, you're on the cocktail party circuit talking about what a genius you were for investing in these companies early and I think people need to understand <laughs> that you're paying a low valuation and you're investing very early because these companies are extremely risky in you know you can argue about the precise numbers but broadly speaking you're modeling five out of ten investments to fail outright 
And it's just critical that you understand you're in the game for the long haul and you have to be, <clears throat> you know, um, you have to be in multiple companies uh, to have a shot at it. And, and that it's more than just a spray and pray. A lot of people think, oh, well, I'll just put a thousand bucks in, um, in a ton of different companies and everything will be great. And that it doesn't work that way either. There are no shortcuts in life. And one of the things that I like to say uh, and seems to get echoed a fair amount uh, because it's a colorful thing to say <laughs> is that, is that um, doing angel investing is much more – people think it's like buying a lottery ticket, but it's much more like adopting a puppy than buying a lottery ticket. Hmm, um, that is colorful. There's a tremendous amount of work that goes into finding and attracting a good sort of deal flow, finding interesting companies. And lots of things sound interesting at the beginning, but as you develop some expertise and sifting through these things, you begin to understand what that what is associated with success and what isn't. Um, and it's a tremendous amount of work to sort of do the diligence. It's a tremendous amount of work to negotiate the terms. Um, and then then the work begins, right? At that point, you get the investment, and that's when the real work starts, which is helping the company succeed with yeah. advice and introductions and patience and additional capital. And so this idea that there's some shortcut and that you can just write a check and set it and forget it is crazy, and it's a dangerous idea. And so you know, when we bring a new angel online... We spend a lot of time training them. We talk a lot about portfolio theory. We explain a lot about um, terms and term sheets and valuation. Uh, we teach them a lot about diligence and deal leadership. Um, <laughs> we teach them a lot about uh, we have a whole training program devoted to angels who are going to get on board and be a great board member. So Wow. You know, when I talk about people who, who want to get into it, um, you've got to put yourself in a position where you have a chance of winning by getting in with a group that's going to help you with quality deal flow and then teach you the skills to, to, try to try to up your odds to the point where you're lucky enough to only have 5 out of 10 fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so... That's that's curious that uh that there's a bunny slipper assumption there, and ultimately at the end of the day, it sounds as though the the realization here is that um, the diligence and vigilance that it would require to be a successful entrepreneur and successfully you know conquer your domain there is similarly echoed. If you want to be a successful angel investor, you have to have enough deal flow, have the relevant skills, have people around you that have done it successfully. All of those same things. Uh, it sounds as though. Uh, apply are there are there other assumptions that maybe investors earlier investors um, make early on and very commonly that that maybe entrepreneurs don't that that we might want to vet out for folks yeah, that want to make that transition? Yeah, there's um, there's uh, there are a couple of really wrong assumptions that come up all the time. One is that um, success happens quickly. I mean, a lot of these companies take longer to reach liquidity than people realize. And when you think about why a company gets bought. It gets bought for things like a multiple of EBITDA, a multiple of revenue, um, a strategic position in an industry, a whole bunch of eyeballs, um, interesting, well-developed and well-protected technology. Everything I just wrote down on that list 
takes time yep. to, to create. None of those things happen overnight. And so a lot of people get into angel investing. They go, I'll write a check now, and then I'll have a 10x tomorrow. And in fact, it takes time to build things that are of value to acquirers, whether the acquirers be Wall Street in an IPO or whether the acquirers be M&A, which is, of course, 99% of all exits anyway. Um, and uh, so, so I think there's, a, there's an assumption there around, um, around uh, time. I, I think there's also a tendency to be attracted to kind of sexy, consumer, lightweight kinds of problems um, everybody understands Instagram, you know, adding a filter to a photo. Everybody kind of. I still kind of don't, but yeah, I know you well, mean. Well, whatever. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you can look like an artist. Yep, yep, yep. Swipe, swipes on your on your phone. You yep. Know. Uh, the so people tend to be attracted to things that they know, basic things like I'm going to reinvent the restaurant industry by putting a tablet on the table, and uh, oh, you know. They, they, they tended to be attracted to sort of simple business models like, um, oh, you know, we're going to have advertising or, you know, affiliate marketing. Or they tend to be attracted to kind of lightweight consumer stuff that they understand. And most of the really, really um, good opportunities, uh, and there are consumer hits that just go crazy yep. and, they, and they go like they go off and they get a lot of press. And it gives people this sense that that's where most of the value is created. But I think a lot of the value is created deep in B2B, vexing B2B problems by entrepreneurs who spent a decade or more in an industry and really developed an insight. Um, one of my favorite you know, things to invest in are situations where everybody in the industry has a huge problem, but no one player has the economics to solve it for themselves because they wouldn't be able to monetize it because they wouldn't give it to their competitors. Ah, Whereas, interesting. Okay. But a lot of um, a lot of great startups see a situation like that and they go out and they solve the problem in a really powerful way and they have tremendous economics because everybody in the industry adopts the solution. And and you know, sometimes they're not they're not sexy, obvious, intuitive things. Sometimes, you know, there, there are things in life sciences where the average person isn't that interested or doesn't understand. So I think a lot of people get into angel investing thinking it's all Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and, uh, and it's just not. Uh, there are great consumer companies and they're great hits, but, um, you know, there's, there's sort of, uh, you know, at most one group great, you know, huge consumer web powerhouse uh, a year, you it know, comes a out Snapchat really hits, or a yeah. Twitter or a Facebook, yeah. um, uh, and you, you, you know, you, you don't get to know which one it is until 10 years later, and, and so, and there's, you know, 55,000 companies funded by angels a year in the United States and another 4,000 funded by VCs. Yeah, so to create one one great consumer hit, and God knows if you get it, I mean the early investors of eBay had a fifteen hundred x return. It's ridiculous. If you get it, you're loving life. But what are your you're chances? loving life? You're just digging it. What are your chances of hitting it? Yeah. Whereas, you know, so much value is created by just getting in there and grinding it out in deep in, in various industries and solving real problems and creating real value. 
Um, so that's, I think that's the Got other mis misnomer and the misunderstanding a lot of people get in. They sort of think, I can do it without any work. I'll do it in flashy consumer stuff that I understand and and then uh, I'll, um, I'll, get, I'll get liquidity quickly. Got it. Understood. And, and that's exactly it, Chris. I realize, obviously, we could, in another dimension, speak on this topic for a week straight. But I think that even just those initial insights, very, very helpful to the point stuff. Again, the reason I want to catch up with you, I've interviewed many folks who know you and, and have spoken well of, of – uh, of your group there, but in addition, I mean, you see so many people. So to know that those are the commonalities, um, that's that's important stuff out there for the, the sure. folks contemplating investment. Now, folks want to get in touch with you. I know we're a little bit over time here. Uh, first and foremost, thank you very much, Chris, for taking the time. Um, but if people want to reach out, learn more about your group, you, etc., um, where should they go online? Launchpadventuregroup.com. Easy okay. stuff. Okay, yeah. great. One one long word. Launchpad. VentureGroup.com. Sound it out, folks. Um, and it's uh, you can you can contact me through the site, and um, you can read all about what we do. And of course, I'm also on uh, Twitter at at C Mirabile, C M I R A B I L E, and uh, I have a blog at ScratchPaperBlog.com. Yes, I, I would recommend Scratch Paper myself. Uh, those of you who are contemplating investment, uh, check it out, dig into it, and obviously get in touch with Launchpad. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, and be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week.